So there are so many truths about God and the gospel and the mysteries of God and just so many biblical truths that we can that we can meditate on and that should have a clear uh, picture or an idea of what it is. Uh, I just want to throw a couple out there because there's it's a weird there's a weird kind of culture of Christianity that kind of just thinks of things at face value and doesn't really you know, dive deeper into, into things. So here's a couple examples. I posted this on, on Facebook. If anybody follows uh, me on Facebook, it's one of my, let's talk theology questions, but I proposed this this statement, these two statements, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. And then right under it, Jesus died for his chosen only. Okay. Both those statements are 100% true. And yet they seemingly contradict each other. So most people, and when I post stuff like this too, you'd be surprised how the, the uproar of, of people that just like, no, Jesus died for the whole world. It says it in the Bible, here, there, and everywhere. And I'm like, I absolutely agree with you. Jesus did die for the sins of the whole world. However, he only died for his chosen people the people who would submit their lives to Christ that's what Christ's blood was shed for how can both these be true and we need to have a clear picture of this even whether you agree on it or not you need to be able to think in these ways to be able to decide where you stand in these kind of things it's just important it's good for our growth it's good for our um, conscious thought level and even just for us to be able to uh, you know listen to whether it be shallow preachers or these pop Christian songs which are either if they're not wrong they're borderline just unhelpful unclear and and, you know we need to find better music to listen to Um, so how are these both true and yet contradictory well Jesus died for the whole world meaning Jesus blood the blood shed the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross was sufficient to cover all people for all time in all generations because it was the blood of God. But not one drop of blood was shed in vain from Christ. Meaning Christ did not shed his blood empty for people who was going to deny him until the end. Okay? God chose, predestined, elected, however, whatever word you want to use, his people since the beginning and foundations of the world and those are the people he died on the cross for. So the invitation is open to everybody, right? If you choose to not follow Christ, then that's your choice. Christ did not die for you. He died. He made it possible for you, but he did not die for you. Now, if your life is submitted under Christ, then his blood was shed for you specifically as well as anyone else who comes to him. But you see how it's like you can't say either of those without it Uh, feeling like somebody's being violated but I hope that makes sense here's another one God accepts you for who you are and the other statement is God desires to make you new okay so a lot of Christian songs will sing about you know uh, whatever I I'm worthy 
or God saw the goodness in me, or, um, you know, God accepts me for who I am, blah, blah, blah. However, so both these are true. God accepts me for who you are, and for you, yeah. And, and God, uh, God's desire, God is in the business of transformation, right? Making us anew. And that's repeated over and over again in the Bible. Both these are true, but we have to understand that we can't walk around with a puffy chest, puffy chest thing and like, I'm good. God thinks that I'm amazing and, and, you know, worthy of saving. First of all, God, the only goodness in us is God himself. The only thing that makes us worthy is God himself. The only thing that makes us anything special is God himself. So that's first and foremost something that we need to just constantly drill into our heads. It's not us. It's not anything about you that is special other than God made you in his image and you've chosen because he's given you the gift of belief. God's chosen you to believe and now the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you and that's what makes you special. And that should be the thing that's going to make you feel most special because God himself is dwelling inside of you. So God accepts you for who you are? Yeah. Anyone can come to the table. Anyone can bow their heads, drop to their knees, fall to their face and say, Lord, forgive me. I believe. Take away my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Let you, I submit my life to you, underneath you, through the power of you. Anyone, regardless, regardless of past, regardless of sin, can come to the table. God accepts you in that way. God does not accept you after that fact of saying, regardless of how heartfelt your prayer is, if you get up from that prayer and go on living the life exactly the same as you did, God does not accept that. God makes you new. God takes a dead person and makes them alive. God takes a, a child of wrath, a person for due judgment and penalty in hell, and turns them into a child of God, into someone who is going to dwell face-to-face with God himself for eternity. You become part of his family. You cannot be the same as you were. So I hope that puts a distinction on both those. And there's a lot. I would love to talk about this kind of stuff more. And if you have any more, maybe if you can think of a couple more of these kind of statements that that can be sound contradictory, but they work together, then I would love to talk about them. But that's all I got for you today. <laughs> love you.